This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. Yo. Yo, I'm Matthew. I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we, wow, we've really got like a broy vibe going. Oh God. And yet. I think it's because I know that, so our, our next episode, next week, uh-huh. is going to be Hard Seltzer. Hard Seltzer. We're recording it after this episode. <laughs> Which is tahini. Uh-huh. Anyway, so I'm, I'm already, I'm feeling super, super ready to take my tahini and hang out at the frat house. Yeah, no, I mean, tahini's the brand name. I I call it hard sesame. (laughs) (laughs) Nice one, Matthew. Okay. um, Okay. So This is uh, our tahini episode. Yes, and I'm I'm a little nervous about this one because... Wait a minute, did we do... This is... I'm Molly... This is spilled milk. The show we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any? Possibly not. Should we we do that? (laughs) Okay, we'll say the thing you just said constitutes the the opening of the show. (laughs) You didn't say your name. Uh, oh, I'm Matthew. Okay. <laughs> Great. Okay. Oh, producer oh, Abby's going to be mad. She's going to hate us. Matthew, take me down your your old tahini memory lane. So I, as a kid, knew tahini only as a component in the sauce served on falafel or uh, like a shish kebab or, or uh, kofta sandwich. Yeah. Okay. I... Souvlaki. That's the word I'm looking for. Oh, souvlaki. Yes. Although I guess I guess like souvlaki, well, souvlaki is Greek is... and that's more likely to be like a tzatziki than a yes, tahini. Yes, I think of that okay. as more like yogurt base. Right. Yeah. I think that... You know, so my dad was always fine. Yet uh, my dad discovered all <laughs> right. things, as we know. Yes. He invented Altoids. Right. Whoever's keeping the whiteboard. <laughs> he was an endive man. Right. What else there did was he a, do? There was another thing recently. I can't remember. Yeah. But anyway, he was always finding, like, you know, the interesting new... Are you like, going to talk about Mediterranean imports? He was always finding... Oh, my God. I hadn't even thought of it until now. But anyway, he was always finding the the new, like, interesting specialty grocer in mm-hmm. town. Serving, was he also serving, always like, finding the good in everyone? Uh, not so much. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. Yeah, me neither. Um, my dad, so I feel like this might be disgracing my dad's memory, but I just, I need, Go for I it. need to talk about it. Okay. So my dad passed away in late 2002. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this was a, a long time ago. But my dad was, as of the time he died, skeptical of climate change. 
Oh, that was a long time ago. It was ago. a long time ago. And, and I, I want to old. give him some grace around this. But God, I also just really want to believe that were he alive today, he I would be. I so. I mean, he was, a, he was a science man. Give him some credit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway, so I my dad was always aware of like what the newest like food market was opening. You know, whether there was like a new Chinese grocer or when Mediterranean imports came sure. along. Oh um, my god, Molly. They're they're opening an H Mart like blocks from my house. Really? Yes. Where? At Capitol Hill Station. Oh my gosh, Matthew, this is really exciting. This is big. This is big. Uh, maybe we'll have to do a field trip there. Yes. Show field trip. Okay. Anyway, so I think that my first exposure to tahini was through something that my dad brought home. And maybe it was even through hummus. I'm pretty sure I had hummus for the first time right. uh, with my dad. I'm uh, Maybe the first hummus I ever had was from Mediterranean imports. I don't know. I don't know. That <laughs> seems, it seems like I would have had hummus Let's before Let's check the historical then. record. But anyway... As I, mean, I, I didn't as have I hope, hummus as a kid because I was terrified of it. As I hope we all know, tahini is usually one of the the base ingredients of of, uh, of hummus. Of hummus, yes. yeah. Anyway, so uh, yeah, I think that think that's kind of my memory lane of tahini. Yeah, so I think like my my memory lane like is even sparser than than that. And uh, I know this is like an important food, and I it's something that I rarely cook with or use at home, and so I feel I feel like I'm stepping stepping into like outside of my usual territory here and might say something dumb. Yeah, we usually say something dumb, though. That's true. So I think that our listeners are ready to hopefully uh, receive this with grace. Uh-huh, yeah. And hopefully they will like, also... Like, like that time we said we weren't so sure about climate change. <laughs> Matthew, don't even... And that, and, and that episode where I said 9-11 was an inside job. Uh, how about the episode where I brought up all the super unfun things? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that taco salad, I think. Taco salad, yeah. yeah. Anyway, okay, but hold but on. But it turns out when you, when you put all of those super unfun things together into one episode like you're tossing a salad, yes. it becomes fun. Yes. All right. Okay. Uh, so tahini is a paste made from roasted hulled sesame seeds. Okay. That, and hulled, that much I can tell you for sure. Hulled means like they've had like sort of the, the the outer shell removed. Yeah. So we we should we should say like this this episode is a sequel to two other episodes. Uh, there, we did a sesame episode, mm -hmm. and we talked a lot about hulled versus unhulled sesame seeds. But we should recap that because we can did that we? episode two hundred and eleven weeks ago. Oh, I, yeah, I don't I don't remember talking about it. I know all of our <laughs> listeners remember it like it was yesterday. Um, okay, so so the sesame seed, you can tell when it's got the hull on because it has kind of like a stripe down one side. I don't let me, think let me I've grab ever a sesame seed. that closely at a sesame seed. I'm sorry, I just made a really loud clicking sound in the microphone. I think it just, it's indicative of, of, of my the sound of my brain cracking open. Huh, okay, so these are, these are unhulled. Right, I don't have any with the hulls off, but if you look, oh, it does have like it's like got a little seam. Yep, and so sesame seeds with hulls are a little crunchier and a little more bitter. Ah, and so that is the difference between tahini, which is a a paste made from roasted hulled sesame seeds, mm -hmm. and like a Chinese sesame paste, which is made from roasted unhulled sesame seeds. Ah, oh, so you're going to get not only a different texture, but also a slightly different 
flavor. Yeah, and actually the texture is the same because it both is like they grind them very finely. Okay. Until it makes a smooth paste, but the flavor is different, but not so different that you can't substitute one for the other in a recipe. Fair enough. Okay. I'm just going to keep eating these sesame seeds can that you, I put on my agenda. Can you tell us more about tahini, like how this came to be? I, I feel like there are, you know, different nuts and seeds have over the course of human history, pe- people have figured out that they can be ground up. Oh, but, yeah. Anything. People th- will grind stuff anything. Is, this stuff is old, though, yeah. right? Like, this was like the original grinder. <sighs> um, <laughs> okay, so sesame has been has been eaten for thousands of years. Like, it's one of those things we find, like, fossilized in early human settlements. In, in, in the Fertile Crescent? Yeah, for sure. Like, okay. that crescent. Have you seen that crescent? Very so fertile. fertile. Yeah. We know that tahini or like some kind of sesame paste goes back to at least the 13th century because it was mentioned in an anonymously written Arabic cookbook. Wow. It's, I'm sure it's way older than that. Yeah. Just not maybe written down. Right. Like, I mean, because people had mortars and pestles going way back. And like, and like we said, people will grind and anything. Also, people had rocks and, and smaller rocks, rocks yeah, yeah. to use to beat on the bigger rocks. But that was, that was for laundry. Anyway, so how is tahini made? Because if I just put a bunch of a bunch of roasted whole sesame seeds in my food processor, I wouldn't get something like commercial tahini, would I? Essentially, I mean, it would be hard to grind it that smooth. Okay. So, so it's probably commercially like made in some sort of I don't know, like what what kind of grinder do you use in a factory to make things really smooth? You, I think you have more factory a, a, experience a, a than smooth, I do. A smooth grinder. A smooth grinder, like a smoothie maker. <laughs> yeah, like like a, a smooth operator. Like, yeah, yeah, some sort of smooth operator. But I'm thinking like something where it's like not extruded, but like it, it's not the sort of thing where like like a, where just a whirring blade a grinds burr, it. A burr. Maybe a burr grinder a burr. where it has to be like forced through. It, maybe ground between two plates. Yeah, and, the, and then like forced through a, a really thin screen. Um, like a Tammy. Yeah, like a Tammy. But, but like thinner. Yeah. I so mean, finer. We I should mean, get Tammy on the phone better. to explain this. <laughs> um, right. So, so essentially, I mean, there's no other ingredients in tahini. So I told you that I once had a hairdresser named Tammy who changed her name, right? I probably. You've told me a lot of things. She changed her name to Giovanna. Oh, wow. Which is such a departure from Tammy. I hardly even have words for what that leap is. I like both those names a lot. Right? Yeah. Did her personality change along with the name? Um, I don't know. I, 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 I kind of stopped going to her around the same time. <laughs> Was Unre- it because unrelated. of the name change? No, that seems unre- unfair. Un- uh, yeah, okay. that would be very unfair. Unrelated. Although I do have to say that there was something about the drama of going from like, so so going from from a very like, I think of as like an American name, like mm-hmm. Tom, like Tammy, to this Italian Giovanna. Right. It was like a high drama shift, and I wasn't sure if I could. Was it like G I O? Yeah. Okay. Giovanna. So I feel like that's a name that can be pronounced in two very different ways. Giovanna. Right. Well, but not even just pronunciation, but like sort of the weight you give to it like uh, Giovanna you know, right that's this is this is my uh, my hairdresser Giovanna or <laughs> or is, this is this is uh, Giovanna my uh, hairdresser like those are two different people yeah I no think. i well and i think Tammy two, Tammy, two sides Tammy of the and same jo- person. Tammy and Giovanna are are two different people yes but but even after Tammy became Giovanna like there's there's more than one Giovanna in that Giovanna i think <laughs> 
Do you, do, you, do you have her number? I wish I had kept going to her so that I could have gotten to the bottom of this. I mean, the truth is, she was uh, she gave a very expensive haircut, and so but sometimes that's just what you need. I just sort of had to like back out the door at a <laughs> when, certain point and, when she changed and, her name to Giovanna. Did the prices go way up? Because that sounds a lot fancier, right? It does. I mean, it really does. <laughs> like I have two things to tell you. While I sit down in the chair, like snip, 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 snip. Uh, starting next week, uh, I'm changing my name to uh, Giovanna, uh, and the uh, price of a cut is going up forty. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. I, I mean it was very expensive and and worth every penny. I think. I mean, I <laughs> not not having been there. No comment. Okay. Um, no, and so she was a very good hairdresser. Things... If she's out there, I don't want anyone to think I'm slandering her. She was no. a very good hairdresser. I just am cheap. This episode is brought to you by Town Place Suites by Marriott. Whether you're traveling for work, need a place to stay while your home is being remodeled, or maybe you're just enjoying a relaxing week away, well, Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the comforts of home. Yeah, so they've got a full kitchen. Uh, They've got, you can borrow appliances, like if you want a blender or a slow cooker while you're traveling, you can borrow it, no charge. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, so like you could invite your friends or your coworkers over for like a post-meeting drink. You can bring your pet Totally allowed. Oh, I love this. Oh, I see. They even have special pet items you can use. And they have the built-in alpha closet system. Nothing makes me happier (laughs) when I am traveling and I have like a place to put away my clothes. Mm -hmm. Molly has seen what happens when I don't have a place to put away my clothes. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody, nobody. Yeah, so like a whole closet system where I can really like unpack for reals. I am down. Well, this is made for you then. And this is Town Place Suites by Marriott. Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay. Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Speaking of getting to the bottom of things, so the sesame seeds for making tahini, they're soaked in water to loosen the hulls, and then they're lightly crushed and placed in salt water, and that makes the hulls sink and the seeds float, and you gather the seeds off the top, you toast them, you grind them. It's a very, like, old school, there's probably some sort of more industrial way of hulling sesame these days, but Mm -hmm. this this is like the old school method. Going back to when your dad discovered it. This is interesting. The hulls sink and the seeds float. I would have thought it would be the other way around. I kind of thought it would too. Like I'm picturing, um, you know, like you know, like what a chickpea skin looks like when yeah. it, you know when you mm-hmm. peel it off. Like a chickpea skin floats, right? I think so. Because I mean, a chickpea is quite dense. Well, anyway, I'm usually imagining you're skimming a... the stuff you don't want. Right? right, right. Yeah, you're not well unless you're making fleur de sel. Of course, yeah. as we are. Yeah. How are your how are your salt ponds doing? <laughs> I was I was out by the the bay earlier and it, it looking crusty and good. <laughs> looking crusty. Are you talking about my okay. nostrils? Yeah, looking okay. crusty. Uh, and tahini, it's cold season, yo. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's just. A I've been joke. sneezing a lot. Oh God! Wash my hands. Okay. All right. Okay. So how is sal? Sa- <laughs> Yes. What just happened? Woo! I'm just stroking out here. <laughs> okay. You while you're recovering from that, do you smell toast and sesame? 
<laughs> if you if you're listening to this episode and you smell toasted sesame seeds, uh, get to the doctor immediately. Anyway, what I was gonna say is, um, so you've got your roasted, hauled, ground up sesame. Yeah, that is tahini. That is tahini. So what do you? add to tahini to make the most basic of like tahini sauces that, you know, for instance, so wait, you made a salad today. I made Tell a salad today. This. That had a little yogurt in it. So that like, that's like one step beyond the most basic, I think. But that was when it all came together, like this, the dressing was sort of like mixed in phases. So Maybe it was like, we should get to that later. Well, but yes, but it's, it's very similar to what I would say is the most basic tahini dressing, which is like tahini, lemon juice, salt, garlic. And that is that's used very typically as like a dip for all kinds of different things in yeah. different Middle Eastern cuisines. And also, of course, like on like a falafel yes. sandwich. Yeah. And falafel I think pita. I think like a lot of times, like for me, certainly like when I go for a falafel, like I want a nice crispy falafel, but like. Without that sauce, it's nothing. Well, and and they you really have to get the sauce like they need to apply it. I think in, in two phases, layers, yeah. right? Because you don't want to you don't want to eat the top layer of the pita and then get halfway down and there's no more tahini sauce. It's like how you make a peanut butter parfait at Dairy Queen. Okay, because it's got layers, different different strata of hot fudge, so you never run out. Oh my god! Because the worst that thing is great. when when you put hot fudge on the top of a sundae, and then like you eat all the hot fudge, and then there isn't any left. It's, Same thing with the falafel. I feel stricken just thinking. I about know. It. Me too. So tell me about what it is used for in different parts of the Middle East, in different cuisines. Okay, so like across a wide swath of, of the Middle East and, and the Mediterranean, it's used in hummus, mm-hmm. it's used in baba ganoush, it's made into halva. Oh, that's another episode. Oh, so wait, God, so, so, right, so I there's love halva. The halva episode, the sesame episode, and the hummus episode. We've done too many episodes. <laughs> Uh, do you mean in general? In or general. Just, yeah, in general. Yeah. I mean, we should stop. Maybe we've covered all of this This already. is episode 408. Um, we're, we are out of, this is, tahini was the last thing. Mm-hmm. It seems like we have reached the <laughs> we're end. We're done. The, 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 the literal and metaphoric end of the show. I mean, though we come to the end of the road, still I can't let go. Uh, you belong to me. Mm-hmm. And I belong to you. That's true. That did. We are now like common law married just from having done 400 podcast episodes together. Yes. Yeah. So it, t- it turned out we were married all along. Okay, great. Okay. So it, many lies. It, it, go on. Go on. So what, okay. about, uh, what about in Israel specifically? So in Israel, it's, it is a key topping for sabish, which is a pita sandwich basically full of a variety of salads. Okay. Um, it's something I've only had once or twice, but it's very tasty and like is a thing that is different anywhere you get it and everybody thinks their version is the best. Oh, okay. Um, but really, you know, it's like like uh, – some of this salad and some of that salad and, uh, that you sounds, know. All, it, yeah, that yeah. sounds fantastic. Yeah. And sometimes sometimes I had like like an Israeli style falafel that also had like they put on, uh, you know, like some of these marinated onions and then uh, some of this like lettucey salad and some tomatoes and like it was A cabbage like, salad. Right. It's just like, whoa, like like you, you, you're not going to stop ever. And then it's so good. Mm-hmm. In Turkey, this is something I've not had. I mean, I've had turkey, but in, in the country of Turkey, it's mixed with pekmez, which is fruit molasses and eaten for breakfast. Wow. Gosh, that sounds yeah. Wow, like uh it's like a, a a very it's like peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> it's it is like peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. It totally is because there's so much over flavor overlap 
flavor lap between flavor sesame lap. and toasted sesame and toasted peanuts. I think I would lap it up. I think you would. I wonder if you eat it with a spoon or do you, do you smear it on something? I was trying to figure that out. We should try this. Or like, I wonder how like a drizzle of some sort of like a tahini situation would be on oatmeal. Yes. I was thinking about that too. Like I think a sweetened I, yeah. tahini thing. Right. I, I actually, I put this down because like, because, because there's so much flavor lap between sesame and peanut, <laughs> Anywhere you use peanut butter, especially in, in cooking and baking, you can substitute tahini. You have a sesame seed stuck to the middle of your top lip. Did I get it? You got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like cookies, there's like tons of recipes out there for tahini cookies, cakes, you can put in a smoothie, oatmeal. Okay. Okay. What about- What do you use tahini for? Because I'm, okay. I'm like, you know, the, the thing I made today, which, which I thought was pretty tasty. Yes. Like that's one of the only times I've ever used tahini at home. I, as I, I think- know, listeners, I know. As I have mentioned on the show before, I think my parents had these family friends, Pam and Bill Shadid, and Pam had this, her aunt or something had made this like Lebanese community cookbook. Okay. And I, I have a copy of it at home. It's it's typed on a typewriter. Do, is it called, does it have a name? Or I think it it's like... called like Lebanese family cookbook. Okay. It's, it's a little thing, you know, like a little paper pamphlet. Pam, I don't remember eating dinner at the Shadid's house often. Pam, but which is short I for pamphlet. Re- but I, <laughs> I remember Pam making two dishes, one being mujadra, mm-hmm. sure, and one being this. It was a. I think I talked about this on the chicken and rice episode. Probably did we do it or was it? We did do a chicken and rice episode. Um, it was basically um, anything you can think of that's even vaguely food related. We've, we've done, done that it. episode. <laughs> Um, she would do this Lebanese version of chicken cooked in this kind of cinnamony rice with mm-hmm. lots of onions. But I remember there was always lebna at her table. So sort of like um, drained yogurt yeah. kind of in this delicious. Yeah. J- she would serve it just plain. You could dollop it on whatever you were eating. And as I recall, she always had tahini sauce for drizzling too. Pam, if I'm getting this wrong, let me know. Uh, yeah. I, I. It's funny. I mean, I think we really only ate at their house twice. And yet I remember those meals so fondly Mm -hmm. anyway so then I think when I first bought tahini like in my early 20s living in like one of my first apartments I think it was to serve along with mujadra or some version of like a lentil and rice and caramelized onion thing it's so great Um, like this this is not going to be like a bit like when you when you can go to someone's house um, and uh, and like enjoy kind of their regular day to day food, like if you like like if you get invited to someone's house, like um, from a from a culture that's different from yours, like often they'll want to like you know pull out like like some special dishes, which is like, great. And it's like no 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 please please but, just cook me with the normal mm-hmm. stuff. Yes, like having having experienced this like mostly mostly in Japan, like sometimes and sometimes like getting to go to someone's house and like just have like their regular weeknight meal, like. There's nothing that makes you feel more taken care of than that. I feel like this was my whole experience as a host, you know, mm-hmm. as a, living with a host family, host student. And Matthew <laughs> is missing his mouth when he drinks his water. Yes, there's that. And also you said host student. <laughs> so, wh- it sounds like when, when you were there, you, you, learned, you learned a lot of French <laughs> and lost a lot of English. <laughs> No, but like my host mother would just make, you know, like her usual vinaigrette with like, you know, the grocery store brand mustard. Oh, yeah. You talked about this on the vinaigrette episode, I think. And I just it it just tasted better than anybody else's salad. She would make like 
I don't know. She would make like fish and she would cook it in parchment and, and it wouldn't even be that seasoned or mm-hmm. anything. This reminds me of the time that I did a homestay <laughs> and I was um, uh, staying uh, with this woman named Khalees and she would make these milkshakes. And like every time they did, all, she did all these, all these boys <laughs> would come into the yard because <laughs> it was better than everyone else's. Better than mine, certainly. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Anyway, I think that part of it is just the act of having someone cook for you. Yeah, for period. sure. And and I think both you and I are the primary cooks in our homes, and therefore we don't get cooked for a lot. Right, and we're bored with all the shit that we make. I'm so <laughs> bored with myself. Yes, me oh, too. Oh, God. Anyway, can I can I talk some more about other things I, I do with tahini? That. So um, for years now, I've made this recipe that I learned about in one of the cookbooks from Moro. Um, <laughs> Sorry, just started laughing at my own stupid milkshake joke again. <laughs> so dumb. Moro the cookbook, yes. Um, they have multiple cookbooks, but the, the restaurant- I think, in, I think the first one is called Moro the cookbook. Yeah, Isn't this might have been Moro East or- okay. Morrow around the corner mm-hmm. or one of those Morrow directions. Morrow or less. Anyway, I've never been to Morrow, but they have this recipe. I wrote about it on my blog an eternity ago. Mm-hmm. You roast cubed butternut squash, chickpeas, red onion with some seasonings, maybe like ground coriander, ground cumin. And then uh, when it comes out of the oven, you drizzle it with a lemony tahini sauce. Wait, is this the warm butternut squash salad? Yes. I think we talked about this on episode two. I think you're right. Because I just got an email from a listener saying, um, I had trouble finding some of your old recipes, which is true because they kind of dropped off the website. Mm -hmm. And uh, and he said, but I did find the warm butternut squash squash salad recipe on on another website. Yes. And then you mentioned it just now. Yes. What an amazing coincidence. It's a great recipe and also like super everyday kind of thing, like sheet pan dinner. Mm -hmm. Also recently tried Samin Nosrat's recipe for steamed sweet potatoes with tahini butter. Oh, that sounds good. It was in the New York Times. And um, yeah, you, you basically you mix tahini and butter, maybe some other things, and you spread that over steamed sweet potato, which has a different texture than roasted. I have to say I wasn't totally sold on the steamed sweet potato. And then put toasted sesame seeds on top of it. Would you try it again, but roasted? I think I would try it again, but roasted. Mm -hmm. I honestly also think that my, I don't live in a household of tahini lovers. So Hmm, I was the only one who was really going to town on this. I don't know why I don't use tahini much at home because like I it's very tasty it's delicious so it's not it's not at all one of these things where I'm like I could take it or leave it like every time I'm like yeah I love sesame anything the the sweet potatoes were really good because as you can imagine they were like very sweet but then you had this like wonderfully uh, bitter and rich but also kind of buttery thing that you slathered on top right and I think you also squeezed lime juice maybe on top so it was like tangy rich a little bitter earthy it was like all the things yeah i think tahini goes really well like with with a roasted vegetable or like a grilled meat or anything totally. where there's like a little bit of of like a bitter edge yes um like somehow even though tahini itself also has a bit of a bitter edge like they complement and smooth each other out somehow mm-hmm, mm-hmm. eggplant yeah, yes. for sure. Recently, I also had a sweet application 
uh, tahini. Okay, you submitted um, your sweet application. Yep. My mom uh, bought me and June tickets to a class at the pantry here in oh, okay. Seattle. It was June's first ever <gasps> cooking class. She was so excited. It was the day before her seventh birthday. Oh. And it was a baking, a breakfast baking with kids class. Okay. The instructor, one of the recipes that she taught was kind of a version of a morning glory muffin, which would usually have like grated carrot. Okay. Yeah, walnuts. Sort of know what this is. Um, I'm drawing a blank on what else. Anyway, but her version had walnuts, dates, carrot, and tahini in the batter. Yeah, and then she made like a a powdered sugar, lemon juice, and water frosting that also had tahini in it. Yeah, so it was oh, like a, dr- a drizzleable tahini glaze. It was the most sophisticated of all the things that we made that morning. It was delicious. Sadly, June didn't love it. Yeah. But I enjoyed it. It was it was very it was wonderful. I wish that I could link to the recipe. They they haven't published it anywhere. Okay, yeah. Well but, maybe maybe we'll goad them into it. Yeah. With maybe. this episode. But anyway, that was delicious. It was like, yeah, I mean the tahini, the dates, the walnut. It was really good. Yeah, I feel like what I really want and will do sometime soon is just like make like a plate of roasted vegetables with some tahini dressing on the side and just like dip as I go. Do you ever make falafel? I have never made falafel from scratch. I've certainly made falafel from the box. I've never made falafel in any way. Um, I mean, the falafel from the box is very easy. It's not great. No. It's fine. You could do, yeah, a really delicious vegetarian dinner. Like, you could do the the warm warm butternut squash salad, pita. Are you thinking like an all tahini based dinner. Yes. Well, like a, a, a smorgasbord. Yeah. Wow. To really mix up mm-hmm. regional cuisines. Uh, you could do a smorgasbord of, of things that you could drizzle tahini on. Yeah. What's the, what's the fingers, toes. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> thinking of like things, things you could things you drizzle. Can, yeah. You can definitely drizzle, drizzle things on. on fingers and toes. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes rain drizzles on my toes. Oh, that's that's a such a such a like autumnal image, I guess. Okay, there's well, a lot of rain. Happy October, everyone. Yeah. Okay, uh, Matthew, wait a minute. You have some interesting fact here about the Gaza Strip. Okay, so uh, this is something I have not tried. Okay, but it sounded really good. So according to Wikipedia, in the Gaza Strip, a rust-colored variety known as red tahina is served in addition to ordinary tahina. It is achieved by a different and lengthier process of roasting the sesame seeds and has a more intense taste. Mm. Red tahina is used in sumagia, lamb with chard and sumac, and salads native to the falahin, which are farmers from the surrounding villages. This sounds great. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. Lamb with chard and sumac with yes. this red tahini. Yeah, so like what? a little a little like sour for tart from the sumac and and oh, yeah, this sounds what, good. Hold on, what is the difference between tahina and tahini? Nothing. It's this it's same, two different words thing. for the same thing. Okay. Okay. Wow. I feel like I feel inspired to use more tahini. And at the same time, I think we have barely scratched the surface. I know. Well, of, now I have a can. Well, and, and you've can, got a can. and I it's, got a can. It, what, what does it have in it, Matthew? <laughs> well, I'm so glad you asked. It, it has tahini in it. Okay. So, <laughs> and, or possibly a, a, like a snake is going to jump out. Here's what I would love. I would love if our listeners would go to our Facebook page, which mm-hmm. is facebook.com. We didn't talk about the salad that we ate, did we? Can I finish and yeah. then we'll talk about the salad? 
I would love it if our listeners would go to facebook.com slash spilled milk podcast. And if they would tell us their favorite things to do with tahini. Yeah. I don't know. I, I would love to hear more about like, um, is there like a special Jordanian use for tahini? Yeah, that's what uh, that's what I've been wondering too. Yemeni cuisine. Yeah, like th- these are all things I know nothing about. Yeah, you can also if you're if you're not a Facebook kind of person, uh, spilledmilkpodcast.com. You can leave a comment there. Great. And Matthew, will you tell us about this salad? Yes. Take it, it out. Take it was it, almost take it away. We almost missed the chance. Oh, take it out. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Take it out, Matthew. Not going to take it out. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, it's from uh, the healthy-ish column at Bon Appetit. It is radicchio with tahini and sesame seeds. And it's just some big torn leaves of radicchio uh, with red onion, lemon juice, and a tahini dressing made from plain yogurt, tahini, and uh, salt and pepper. And some olive oil goes in there, and you just kind of toss it all together with, and then top it with some toasted sesame seeds. You know what I think this toasted would be? ground sesame seeds. You know what I think this would be really nice with? Like maybe a nice um, crisp-skinned roast chicken leg. Sure. Because I think that some of the, the like chicken fat would be really delicious. The flavor of that would be really nice with this bitter and sesame yes. salad, right? Yes. Yeah, I, w- I would make this again. I like the salad and it was very easy. Yeah. Basically, well, and, and I got to like take a head of radicchio and just kind of like tear it apart like a like a cave person. Which I think is the best way to handle radicchio. Yeah. I think it tastes better when it's torn. Yeah, I think so too. And I think that, I also think that this is just one of those dumb things that people who cook Sure. Say. I'm all out of faith. This is how I feel. I'm all out of love. I'm so Difference. lost without you. <laughs> uh, I know I I know you were right we're believing on for Instagram so at Spilled Milk Podcast. Our producer is what Abby am Circatella. I without you? It um, can't be too late. Nothing's right. To we're say torn. That I was so wrong. You're a little late. <laughs> um, I'm already torn. <laughs> Rate and review the show. (laughs) She's Molly Weisenberg. (laughs) He's Matthew Amsterburton. See you next time. That's right. That was an old cocktail episode. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah the episode we did on old cocktails, like the old fashioned, the old town uh, road. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So. No, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 